Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are concluding our 50th anniversary salute to radio station KFI in Los Angeles. And our host for this half hour is Bing Crosby. Crosby, when I add my felicitations to KFI on this 50th anniversary. Yes, sir, I spent a couple hundred delightful years on NBC and KFI, and it's a joy. Well, really, it's sheer heaven to be back in these studios once again, to participate in this salute. I don't think for me, Thursday nights will ever be the same. And some of the guests we presented on those shows in the 40s, now they'll be in my thoughts forever. You know, if I sharpen the needle and turn up the transcription player here. I might tell you, too, in passing, that I was the first one to have a transcribed show on network radio. I think we just might tune in on a classic bit of memorabilia. When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day someone for me. Guests is Ken Carpenter with John Scott Trotter, his orchestra, Judge Collins for the mayors, and Bing's guest, Judy Garland. And now on this cool, crisp October evening, we bring you the Harvest Moon, better known as Bing Crosby. Well, why can't... How come you liken me to the Harp of Harvest Moon? Why for this poetic introduction? What well, you, you do remind me of the Harvest oh, Moon, Bing. Yes, you're so bright and cheerful. Oh, well, that's true. That's absolutely right, yeah. And when you sing, your voice is as soft as its moonbeam stealing across a deserted cornfield. Really? Well, thank you. And you're so round. Just a minute, just a minute. I, I really lost so much weight this summer, I turned all of my old slacks over to my brother Everett. Oh, um, is he going to wear them? No, he's going to alter them. Oh. He better be back Monday, too, with every one of them. You know, for many years we did our craft music hall broadcast at the Sunset and Vine Studios of NBC. I might tell you that right after Pearl Harbor in 1941, the West Coast, well, they overreacted in every possible way. All the radio stations in town were made maximum security areas, and all of us who had any business in any of them were given elaborate passes that we were supposed to show, sort of a identification to the guards. Of course, these were the same guards that we'd known and worked with for years. Well, NBC took those security measures very big. The writer of my show at that time was a fellow named Carol Carroll. And he reminded me of this incident that happened on one Thursday. As a matter of fact, he mentions it in his book. It's a book I think you'd like. It was published a couple of years ago. It's called None of Your Business or My Life with the J. Walter Thompson Company. Quote... Confessions of a Renegade Radio Writer, close quote. Well, it was about 11 o'clock in the morning when I arrived at NBC, and on that particular day, I'd forgotten my pass. The guard wouldn't let me in. 
I was just about ready to drive away in my car when Carol came running out of the building and said, Where are you going? I said, I'm going out to Lakeside Golf Club. They won't let me in. Steve asked me for my pass. I left it in my other pants, so he said I couldn't go in. Well, certainly no use of me hanging around unless you want me to... Well, could you string a mic out here? We'd do a show in the parking lot. and might get quite a crowd. Sell tickets. Carol and I walked back to the artist's entrance, and he tried to get me in on his pass, but Steve wasn't going to have any of that. He had his orders, and that was that. Carol picked up the phone on the desk, and he dialed Niles Trammell, vice president in charge of West Coast Operations. He told Niles about the curious scene that was being enacted at the artist's entrance and in the parking lot. And I think he told him that that Thursday evening, NBC was going to feature one of the most eloquent hours of silence between 7 and 8 that was ever not heard on any network. Well, about that time, I took off for the parking lot again. I heard Carol say over the phone, he's leaving the building. Damn it, do something. Well, after a fast conversation between Niles Trammell and Steve, Carol came out waving his arms. He brought me back in, and we walked through elegantly right into Studio B. You know, I've always wondered how Lakeside would have been that day, what I might have shot. Might have set a course record. And I've wondered, too, what NBC would have done with an empty hour. Another guest that appeared on the Kraft Music Hall was the man with the bazooka, good old Bob Burns. Well, sir, Bing, this little fish was sticking its little head right up out of the water. Mm-hmm. Just kind of blowing bubbles and going boo-boo-boo-boo-boo at me. <laughs> I he said boo-boo-boo until I just had to take it with me. Mm. And all the way back to camp, he just kept wagging his tail and saying boo-boo-boo-boo at me until there was only one thing left for me to do. You brought him here. No, no, I ate him for breakfast. <laughs> Well, I certainly should have put a stop to his a boo 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 No, sir, Bing, it didn't. He continued the boo boo Yes, sir, once before I ate him and twice after. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the American Forces Radio and Television Service proudly presents The Retirement 2, yes, third. I hear you're retiring next month. That's right, Max Schwartz civilian. That's me. You know, don't you, that the government will move retired servicemen's household goods anywhere in the U.S. for free on a one-time move? Yeah, I know, but that one time kills me. My wife has so much trouble making up her mind, we have revolving doors on the stove. You should be able to get a great job. Weren't you an accountant in the inspector general's office? Sure. And you know what happens to old accountants, don't you? They never die. They just lose interest. Another good thing, retired vets can still eat at open messes. Speaking of open messes, how's your wife? Compared to what? Financial security, life insurance, home loans. Just a few of the benefits of retirement from the armed forces. Find out about all of them from your personnel officer. Yet third. Old Rapid Robert and I used to get together once in a while. We cut up a few capers with some sparkling dialogue like this. Folks, I'm sure that, uh, that you all read of the heroic efforts of Captain Carlson and the loss of the uh, merchant ship, the Flying Enterprise. However, tonight for this special occasion, we've had the Flying Enterprise raised and we towed it to Fort Ord. And here it is now, Bob Hope. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Blanc. Now, uh, Mr. Christian, come down here. Look who's calling me the Flying Enterprise. I've been towing you for years, Dad. That's not me dragging behind you there. And that's not a streetcar named Desire trailing you, either. 
I may say, though, candidly, it's a joy. It's really sheer heaven having you yeah, at Pebble right. Beach. All at... that? Yes. <laughs> and no money. Isn't that fun? <laughs> sheer heaven and no money. Just to have you at Pebble Beach as my house guest. Well, I may do all right on that deal. You're telling me, you burglar. <laughs> what do you mean, burglar? I looked in your suitcase. I found a gym in it. Just to get into the bathroom. <laughs> I ran out of nickels. <laughs> Now, listen, I'm glad that you came up here before it ordered with me. Bob. I am, too. But I want to tell you one thing, Lord. I'm what? still sore about the... I'm still... <laughs> I'm still sore about the trip up here. That's the last automobile trip I take with you. Weren't you comfortable? Comfortable? Yeah. How did I know there were going to be seven of us in the front seat? <laughs> what a sneak you are, putting an ad in the paper that said, Wealthy philanthropist traveling north wants company on trip for laughs. Well, what's wrong with that? They charged us 20 bucks apiece. <laughs> I'm still laughing. <laughs> and to think I had a reservation on the Continental Trailways bus. Quit beeping. I bought your lunch on the way up here, didn't I? Yeah, but I felt so silly sitting there with my pants rolled up so you'd only have to pay for a child's plate. <laughs> well, after lunch, didn't I pick you up and burp you? Huh? Yeah, but while you had me over your shoulder, you picked my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful haul I got out of that. Two Dewey buttons and a lock of Marjorie Maine's hair. Please, there's some things a gentleman doesn't discuss. Oh, pardon my gauche briche. I'm sorry here. I don't have that. But listen, let's talk gauche about Ford Ord. You know, this Ooh. This is where the new inductee... Gonzaga talk. Gauche briche. <laughs> Say, this is where the new inductees here at Ford Ord go through basic training. They uh -huh. learn to face all the dangers, face all the hardships that they might experience under fire. So that's why they brought your show up here. <laughs> no, that's why we got you as guests. <laughs> well, you should. Sure. Even, even. Sounds like a dead heat, don't it? But, you know, they sure do draft the fellas in a hurry here. Did you see that one guy who's all bent over? Yeah, what happened to him? Not far from the beach. <laughs> what? What's, what? Well, that's what it says here. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Go back there. You skipped the page. Oh, yeah, I thought that was what pretty dull for a punchline. What is that? Wait a minute. Not far from the beach. Isn't that awful? Wait, we're on page 15? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do one page at a time. No, okay, okay. Let's try it Let's again. Try again? Stick out your tongue so I can wet my thumb. Okay. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Let's see now. Where, oh, you do that line about the guys being drafted. First, okay, right? I say, you know, they sure do draft the fellas in a hurry here. Did you see that one guy who was all bent over? Yeah, what happened to him? Well, he was a plumber and they drafted him before he could get out from under the sink he was fixing. <laughs> Not far from the breach. I think I like that better. <laughs> that sounds like the kind of a line you'd give me on your show. <laughs> <laughs> At least I don't glue your pages together. I'll drop in again. We'll glue you together. <laughs> you got the horses for it. Oh, wait, wait, now. Keep looking. You'll find a beach in there somewhere. <laughs> but listen, anyway, on the level, Bing, the Army can lead to a great career. Look at what General Eisenhower has done. That's right. I understand if they draft him, he's going to run. Some of the fellows here tried that, but they caught him and brought him back. <laughs> well, I 
should think the boys would love it here. After all, they have a chance to learn a trade. By just a while ago, I saw a fellow out behind the mess all peeling potatoes. <laughs> peeling potatoes? What kind of a trade is that? Wonderful. He traded with the guy who was peeling onions. <laughs> and you know, recreation facilities are excellent, too. They have ping pong, shuffleboard, and if they feel like it, the fellas can go swimming in the surf. Not far from the beach. <laughs> So that's where the line fits, you little rascal, you. <laughs> I loved you the first time I said you. Yes, I did. You really like that line. Now I adopted it. I think it needs a home. But I, uh, I feel right at home here at Fort Orchard. Yes. You know, I'm making a picture at Paramount called Military Policeman with Marilyn Maxwell. Oh, what a nice area to police. <laughs> You're thinking right. You know, it's not often you find a Maxwell with a Cadillac body. <laughs> But it's interesting making a picture about the MPs, Bing. Oh, these yeah. guys are some... You know, these MPs are some of the roughest, toughest characters you'll ever meet. Oh, well, that's bad. That's, you're mistaken. That's bad casting. Why, as a group, the, the military policemen are the kindest, gentlest, most soft-spoken, obliging boys in the army. I guess I haven't met them all, huh? <laughs> no, MPs are different, Bob, than they used to be. Why, here at Fort Ord, MP stands for marvelously pleasant. That's funny. I always thought it stood for muscles and poison. No. The last big show to be broadcast on radio was heard every Sunday right here on KFI. And it was titled just that, The Big Show. The National Broadcasting Company presents The Big Show and starring the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead. <laughs> hour and 30 minutes, you'll be entertained by some of the biggest names in show business. Such bright stars as Richard Easton, Phil Foster, Joe Frisco, Peter Laurie, Ethel Merman, Shepard Strutley, Meredith Wilson, and my name, darling, is Tallulah Bankhead. members of our cast on a personal basis, and what better way to learn how great they are than from their own lips. So I've asked them to prepare brief outlines of their careers in show business. Those who could write turned in the following little masterpieces. Uh, Phil Foster, for instance. Foster Phil. Born 1919, Brooklyn. Died 1951, Polo Ground. Ah. <laughs> goody, goody. <laughs> Cause of death, Ralph Brankitis. <laughs> As a kid, I was very tough. When I was six years old, my mother and father ran away from home. <laughs> I started out in show business as an assistant to a magician. There was three of us in the act. The magician, a girl, and me. One night, the magician got sick, and I took his place. After that, there were four of us in the act. The magician, me, and the girl I saw it in half. Okay, Foster, disappear. And next, we hear a little about the life and struggle of Richard Easton. Easton Richard, singer, began in show business as a spear carrier in Medea, starring Judith Anderson. One night, my spear dipped, and I caught her right in the middle of the second act. <laughs> An 
Miss Anderson never reached greater heights. <laughs> then I became understudy to H.U. Pinza in South Pacific. But Mr. Pinza enjoyed good health for six solid weeks. <laughs> then one day he became indisposed and I went on in his place. The applause and acclaim I received was well worth the $2 I spent for his Mickey Finn. And to think I've been drinking the coffee that boy's been handing me all afternoon. I hope this pain in my side is only appendicitis. All right, now let's see who's next. Oh, yes, a newcomer to the theater, Ethel Merman. Merman, Ethel. After high school, I attended secretarial school where I studied dictation, typing, bookkeeping, and wrestling. <laughs> first job as a stenographer, I was invited to a party on Long Island. They asked me to sing, and a producer heard me. He was sitting in his office on 42nd Street at the time. <laughs> Since then, some of the shows I've been in have included Girl Crazy, Anything Goes, Panama Hattie, Annie Get Your Gun, Little Foxes, and Call Me Matter. <laughs> Little Foxes? I just wanted to see if you ever listen while somebody else is talking. <laughs> I always listen when she's talking. The only time I don't listen is when she's singing. Well, now we hear from a gentleman who is known in show business as the comedian's comedian, Mr. Joe Frisco. Uh, Frisco Joe. Uh, I started in show business uh, rather late in life because as a child, I started a little. I played vaudeville a long time, and then I went into the radio as the announcer. They fired me. I was too, uh, uh, short. <laughs> I've been out in Hollywood, and I didn't intend to come to New York. But I was down at the depot seeing a friend off, and before I could finish saying goodbye, the train and pulled into the Grand Central. <laughs> but for some years now, I've been making a living... Betting. B -b Betting, yes. <laughs> You can have lived too. Oh, brother, not with that you, is. I don't dare. I, 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 I'll bet on anything. What is the odds I uh, don't finish the show? <laughs> darling, this for a half-hour show, we could never use you, darling, Joe Fisco. Well, our next guest is a talented Broadway actor, Shepard Strudwick. Strudwick Shepard, or Shepard Strudwick. I never know which comes first. Actor in the legitimate theater and very proud of my profession. Miss Bankhead offered me a good salary to appear on the big show, and I accepted. I'm, I'm not that proud. I've appeared, I've appeared in many motion pictures. They're at that in-between age. Too old to be shown in theaters, too young to be shown on television. Shepard, I'll never understand why actors pick such odd first names. Well, next we hear from our guest, Mr. Peter Laurie. Laurie, Peter. I started my career in the theater as a romantic actor. But against my will, they put me into horror pictures. I always want to be the actor who got the girl, but in my pictures, by the time I get the girl, she's dead. <laughs> well, I've struggled to get away from playing with monsters, but I guess it is my fate. Because here I am today with Salula Banker. <laughs> well, that's my fault. I'm just going to have to enunciate more clearly. I distinctly told them to get me Peter Lawford. <laughs> I 
Well, here I am again, Bing Crosby, once again saluting KFI for this milestone in radio history. This is Ralph Edwards again. KFI, this is your life. Undoubtedly, during the past 12 hours, we've left out some of your favorites, but it just couldn't be helped. 18,262 days, 50 years, more than half a lifetime, was represented in an all-too-brief 12 hours. To do justice to all the stars and programs, we would need another 50 years. I'm sure if we had an opportunity to go to the store tomorrow and purchase an Atwater Kent, most of us would be there. That is, if we could start listening from the beginning, April 16th, 1922. To all the performers, writers, musicians, producers, directors, and technicians, we humbly say thank you for the most enjoyable life we could possibly live. With a twist of a dial, the world was at our fingertips. I think the old maestro, Ben Burney, summed it up when he said, Au revoir, pleasant dreams. Think of us when requesting your themes. Until the next time when, possibly, you may all tune in again. Keep the old maestro always in your schemes. Yowza, yowza, yowza. Well... There you have the past, the present, and we're looking forward to the future. This is your life, KFI. Live it well. And this is Ralph Edwards saluting you and your many friends. This special program was coordinated by Steve Markham. The KFI 50th anniversary program was written and produced by Frank Brzee. This is Ken Carpenter speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio and our salute to KFI. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week for more shows and personalities from radio's golden days on this, the American Forces Radio and Television Service.